0: Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. It's time for quarter number four of the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Eric Lammers, lead recruiting analyst for the Penn State Rivals Network. To find everything from Eric and his team at Penn State Rivals, just go over to pennstate.rivals.com. And if you're interested in more from Keystone Sports, just download the Keystone Sports app from wherever you get your podcasts. Eric, I'll tell you what, it seems like we just finished the Class of 22 recruiting season, which actually we just did. Now we're already deep into the 23 recruiting season. I thought it'd be a good time to take a look at the quarterback position as far as, you know, 2023 recruiting. Before we get into any of the names, though, I want to ask you a question. How important is it to these 23 quarterbacks that Penn State brought in two quarterbacks in the Class of 22, one of them the really highly rated Drew Aller?
1: Yeah, I think that's actually you know it's a great question. It's it's a it's a great debate point. I think when you're when you're considering this and kind of what's being told to these top quarterback prospects, you know when they're talking to these other schools. Obviously, they you know Penn State has some uh, offers out in this 23 class of some of the best in this 23 class, and obviously those guys are coveted by you know some of the top programs in the country. And so it doesn't take really a genius to figure out that some of those top programs when they're talking to these kids and they're getting to know them and 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 talking about the other schools that maybe they're considering they're obviously going to use that to their advantage when they're discussing the depth charts right and so they're going to say well you know make sure you really look at these depth charts when you're when you're considering your options right and maybe take an extra long look and they might even mention you know penn state you know they signed two last year two really really good ones and uh you know are you really willing to go and sit behind those two as they kind of figure it out and so you can bet that that's being used. And Penn State, they know that they're well aware that that's being used out there on the on the recruiting trail against them. And so that's kind of where you see them now, kind of maybe look beyond maybe some of those few, those uh, few early offers that they extended, and, and kind of as they build their board, because it it's something that's definitely strongly being considered uh, by. Uh, some of these top prospects that are looking at them, but also being used against them by some of these other top schools that they're competing against for some of these dudes as well.
0: Now, there's a couple schools, and I know you're familiar with Ohio State and they're recruiting. It seems like it doesn't matter how many good ones they have, they're always able to get more, but that's a conversation for another week. Um, let's talk about some of those players who are at the top of the food chain. The guys that every big time school are after. But Penn State, whether they have a great shot at them or not, they're at least making offers. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they have some a few of these top guys that they're really going after, like we had talked about, and guys that they've been on for a while. And a couple of those guys that you're really, when you consider that group who you're really thinking about are the Dante Moore. So Dante Moore out of Martin Luther King uh, there in Detroit, Michigan. He's one. Uh, Dylan Lonergan, Brookwood High School down in Georgia. You know, he's somebody that they're obviously uh, in on, and he actually has some ties as his dad. Uh, Dan, I believe was his name, played for Penn State back in the 80s. And so he has some connections to Penn State. And then another one would be Jaden Rashada out of Pittsburgh. Uh, Not Pittsburgh, PA, but Pittsburgh, California is somebody that they're in on. And he was somebody that they really were vibing with and somebody that maybe had a legit chance. And and maybe they still do. And and, and with all three of these guys, they're going to chip away and keep trying to go at them because they're that good and they're those type of guys that you really want to have in your program. But everybody else in the country would like to get them as well too. And some of those, like we already discussed, some of those other programs may have more favorable depth charts that these guys are able to walk into. You know, these guys that are the four, the, the high four-stars, the high five-star guys, you know, depth chart means a lot to them. Early playing time means a lot to them. And they know that they can go and play early. And so that's kind of what we were talking about, right? Now, you said, you know, you brought up a good point, I think, about, you know, some of these other programs that are able to stack quarterbacks on top of quarterbacks and I don't think that that's something that Penn State can't do I think that all these guys I think when you would talk to them they're going to say you know exp- and I have to believe this because Coach Franklin and Yurchis are not going to offer a kid if they're not they don't have that in inside them, them but are they competitors right and I think that's what you really want these guys have to be hungry they got to be know they're going to come in against Drew L R and Bo you know Pribilla and compete the problem is Penn State took two of them in 22, right? If it was only one guy, you might be able to kind of swing that a little bit easier, the competition, and especially with the transfer portal these days, because what's the worst that can happen, right? Come in, compete, play, have the opportunity to play in front of 107,000, right? If you don't win the job, go into the portal, and you'll go find another job. I mean, we, if we know anything that these quarterbacks, especially these elite ones, once they go back in there, they can find something. So I don't think that necessarily would be an issue all the time, but I think because Penn State brought in two really, really good ones, right? that's something they have to be worried about. So, but I do think that these three guys, uh, Dante Moore, Dylan Lonergan, who the, the, the interesting thing about Dylan, too, is not only his ties to Penn State, but he is also a really, really good baseball player. I think he has a chance almost to uh, enter into the MLB draft, you know, following his high school career. So that's something that also have to, you have to monitor with him because does he want to be a dual sport athlete when he gets to high school and usually um they not high school sorry when he gets to college and so there's some belief there that he might try and stick down in the south where it's just a little more prevalent to play you know year-round and different things like that and so if he wants to go that route maybe he considers one of those sec schools or something like that a little more um and then you know but anyways you know those three guys i think are the cream of the crop penn state would be thrilled to have any of them um whether or not they can actually go the distance with them or get them, you know, that's yet to be you know, that we'll have to see. But they're going to keep chipping. They're definitely going to keep chipping.
0: You've got to be aware, of, as you said, when you're going for the cream of the crop like that, you are going to be up against Oklahoma and Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson. So I'm sure those are the names that those three guys are looking at, schools like that, Correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, especially for, like, Lonergan. And, and then when you say Dante Moore, like, Dante Moore up there, like I said, Martin Luther King in Detroit, you know, obviously he's got he's, – he's pretty a lo, um, geographically located the, the schools that he's really considering. When you talk about Notre Dame, you know, Michigan, Michigan State just got a commitment, so they're probably out of it. And then Penn State, and then he's, you know, he's flirted with the idea of, like, Ohio State. And then there's been some talks that maybe Miami has a chance to in, enter in the mix because of Josh Gaddis leaving Michigan and going down there. But in reality, who Michigan's promoting at, the, at their OC spot has a really good relationship with Dante. So I really think that's probably the one of the three that I really think personally that the Penn State staff could have a, a really good opportunity with uh, and could make some headway with just because of how he seems to be kind of sent uh, geographically located and kind of wants to stay in, this, uh, in that area. Uh, however, I think he has a really, really good remish, uh, relationship with the Michigan staff, and I think Michigan's probably the team to beat for him right now, but I definitely think of all the three guys that we mentioned, he would be the one that I think the Penn State staff could go after the hardest, potentially you know, stay in it till the end and, uh, and maybe pull off you know a, a recruiting, a big-time recruiting win.
0: There's those guys who are at the top of the food chain. They're the elite. You can't depend on that, so you maybe need to look at the next level of quarterback – and I know there's a couple names there that Penn State has made offers to fairly recently.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, so they, so they, the nice thing Penn State had, you know, obviously we've talked about it, a majority of their 22 class was kind of locked down, right, when they came out in December. So, when they got to be able to go on the road in January, you know, they weren't spending their time, a lot of their time going around and making sure that, that they were locking down that class or making sure all of their commitments were secure because those guys were already signed. So, they, what they did is they – which is becoming more and more of a trend in college football, use January almost as an uh, evaluation period, which gener- usually falls in April and May when the coaches are able to go out and kind of when they've turned the page to that next class. But now because they have, they have most of your class locked down already and you have that time to go out in January, use it a little bit of an evaluation period. And the staff did that. They went out and they, they found – well, they, not found, but J.J. Cole was somebody that they went and saw throw again. He's out of – and Kenny – in Kenny – Uh, Iowa apologies uh, to those guys out there in Iowa if I mispronounce but he's a bigger prototypical size quarterback six foot four or sorry six foot five six foot six you know 230 pounds big tall guy in the pocket but the the thing that really stuck out to the Penn State staff and what they had told him was that they really really liked the way that he can throw on the run uh, for a guy that his, has his size, the way that he could his, can keep his accuracy with his arm strength and he's rolling out, they really, really like that. And so they jumped in with him. Uh, they've seen him throw live. They had him in camp past this summer, so they're very familiar with how he can, uh, how he can throw the ball. He's a basketball player as well. Um, so they just have some things that he, they really like about him. I think he really fits what your chick likes in a quarterback, just the bigger prototypical size, stand in the pocket. Has enough athleticism, but it's not, you know, super, super going to scare you with your legs, but just enough, right? Then they offered Marcus Stokes. Marcus Stokes out of Nice, uh, Florida. He was up actually on junior day earlier in January, and he, they offered him while he was up on the visit. He is more of your it with your legs but also can do it with your arms he's a little undersized he's in that six foot you know six foot six foot one uh range so but he's super athletic and can make he can make all the throws it's just whether or not you know can he stand in the pocket and see right and so that's kind of the difference between him and jj cole he is somebody that i'm very very high on i look for him to continue to have his recruitment pick up as people become more and more familiar with him just because he has that athletic dynamic he you know he is somebody that i think And it was funny because we interviewed him when we did an interview over at Nittany Nation with him. He he just oozes moxie, right, confidence. You know, he just has all the confidence in the world in his ability. And I think that's something that really resonates with somebody like Coach Franklin. Because I think Coach Franklin, if you can go back to, you know, Trace McSorley, having a guy like that, right, just – Trace wasn't the biggest guy, obviously, but he had all the confidence in the world. You know, he had the moxie. He, When he stepped on the field, people were going to follow him. He was a heck of a leader, right? And I think that's something what maybe they see in Marcus Stokes as well because he just has you – just you're talking to this kid, you're doing an interview with your kid, and you're like, well, I'll just go out and run and catch passes from this guy because he just has it, man. Like he just – something about him, just he's just, you know, dripping with, like I said, that confidence. So those two guys are somebody that they're, they're definitely looking at. I just I think they're gonna to continue to broaden their search though as well. I think that, you know, I don't think they expect either one of those guys necessarily to jump in right away. I think if either one of them were going to, I think maybe JJ Cole, his timeline is maybe a little bit shorter than what uh, Marcus Stokes. I think Stokes is gonna to wanna to see his take off a little bit. I think he's gonna to wanna to definitely get into April and May. Whereas Cole has some uh, big offers already between like Minnesota, Nebraska. Iowa State, different things like that, right? Indiana. And I think, you know, he's going to be able to kind of get his focus lined up and kind of where he wants to go in. So we'll see if Penn State's that. But Mark Stokes is going to go on the distance. But I think they'll probably end up broadening that as well as, as they go into, again, that evaluation period in April and May. And then maybe even see it go into the camp session in summer. And, you know, quarterback is such a position, you got to see these guys throw live. You have to. You can watch film all day and see them you know, make all the throws on film, but until you're really next to them and, 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 and you know, seeing that ball come out of the hand and hearing that ball come out of the hand, most quarterback coaches and most offensive coordinators are not going to feel comfortable at least taking a guy, let alone offering a guy until they have some of that in-person data that they can kind of really register. But, yeah, so I think that's going to, that, I really think that they're going to continue the recruitment of 23 quarterbacks probably on until the spring and maybe even into early June.
0: Uh, uh, speaking of Stokes not having the prototypical size, that seems to be less an issue anymore. Does he have the arm, though? he does be a big yes he, he does
1: he does he do. there's no question about that and when you turn on the film you can see him make all the throws he makes the throws from you know different platforms he makes throws off balance um, the arm strength there like you said and that is becoming more especially at the college level I don't think it's as big a, just find me find me somebody that is a leader find me somebody that um, is a winner and that people will gravitate towards at the college level and I think. Stokes is a guy like that, and I think that's why Coach Franklin, I'm not, I, I really think Coach Franklin saw something in him when he had Stokes on campus and kind of said, you know what, this is a guy I think would make perfect sense in this class because we can afford to take a little bit of a risk, right? we we got two really, really good freshmen on our, already on campus. We don't need to find the prototypical size maybe. Maybe we can take a little bit of a risk, and maybe we hit lightning in a bottle with somebody like Stokes and Stokes. And, and, And why not? Let's go for it.
0: Okay, thanks very much, Eric. But that's it for this edition of the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show.
1: This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labat Hockey played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hearty souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.